10-year-old Grace is a fifth grader and one summer when she goes to visit her grandfather, he takes her to visit an old factory near their house. As Grace wanders through the corridors of the factory, she chances upon a few boxes that contain really, really old buttons. Grace finds these buttons quite pretty because they had very interesting designs. So she takes some of these buttons home and when school opens, she shows these buttons to her friends. Everyone is enamored by these buttons and a new craze begins in her school. Everybody begins hunting for buttons and then starts trading them. And before you know it, a new war has begun. A war for the prettiest and the most interesting buttons. Even Grace's best friend Ellie becomes her enemy as she too fights to have the best buttons in the whole school. And Grace tries to end this war using a little bit of science. This is the story of Friendship Wars written by Andrew Clement. When I read the summary of this book online, there are two things that came to my mind. Who fights for buttons? I also have a curious cat that lives inside me, which got the better of me. And I really wanted to find out exactly how did Grace manage to end this war? After all, nobody wants unpleasantness and conflicts to continue, right? And today's episode is no different. We've all been tracking the stories regarding the Russia-Ukraine war now for many months and I got quite curious to find out, are we anywhere close to the end? Can we use science maybe to put an end to this conflict? You're listening to What's New Today, a kids and family podcast about current events shaping our world. This is Sangeeta, your host from India. And to talk about this story, I'm joined by two very curious children. Let me introduce you to my first co-host, a 13-year-old who loves to read the news and find out what's going on in different countries. Hi, I'm Neil. I'm 13 years old. I go to GD Goenka Public School in Lucknow. Hi, welcome to the show, Neil. So have you always lived in Lucknow? No, I haven't. I move around quite a bit. My father's in the army, so of course. So which cities have you lived in before? I've lived in Chandigarh, Pune and Thimpu. So Bhutan. And uh, how is Bhutan? Cold. So Lucknow summers must be a welcome change for you. Let me introduce you now to my second co-host, 11-year-old, who's very curious about space. And she's been trying to wrap her head around some of the fancy words we keep hearing about technology in this war. Hi, I'm Trai. I'm 11 years old and I live in India. I'm very interested in learning how satellites work and how they are helping Russia and Ukraine fight their war. So, Trai, what does the word satellite mean to you? A satellite, in my opinion, is like a plane that flies very, very high. It takes photographs of the Earth and gives the photographs to us. Hello! Smile, please. It also gives internet connection to people. Welcome to this show, Trai. Let's begin today's episode with a very quick recap of, you know, what's happened so far. Neil, would you like to give us a run-through of what's happened since February of 2022? 
Russia invaded Ukraine due to fears of it joining NATO and allowing the United States of America military access to Ukraine's resources. So maybe the leader of Russia, Vladimir Putin, was a little worried that there were enemy soldiers very close to his border, or maybe for other reasons that you and I don't understand at all, he decided to attack Ukraine. So, Trai, when the war began, or maybe just before the war began, did space technology play any role at all? There are a few hundred satellites in space. They're military satellites. Most of them are owned by China, Russia, US and European countries. But Ukraine does not own any. The satellites of USA and European countries saw that Russia was about to attack Ukraine. Like little dots were moving in the map and military trucks were also moving and maybe a few more. So the western countries alerted Ukraine that a war was going to happen between Russia and Ukraine. So Trai, imagine you had the power to track some things using a satellite. What would you like to track? I would like to track my friends to when they are going to run to the cricket ground or the football ground so I can join them and play. In the early stages of the war, did the war go as per Russia's plan? No, it did not. The Russians failed to capture Kyiv, the capital of Ukraine, though they were able to get some limited success in the southeast of Ukraine. So how was Ukraine able to keep the Russian troops at bay? How come they were able to defend large chunks of their own country? I would say that Ukraine was able to do so because of tremendous foreign support. So what kind of support uh, did countries in Europe and even the United States give Ukraine? Well, the kind of support they gave, first they gave military aid, which allowed Ukraine's army to effectively respond to the Russian threat. They also gave civilian aid to Ukraine and Ukrainian refugees. So how much has Ukraine managed to fend off the attack from Russia? Ukraine has recently launched a massive drone attack on the Russian Navy in the Black Sea, which caused Russia to pull out of the Black Sea initiative. Other than that, Ukraine has also managed to recapture territories around Kherson to capture the city. So, Trai, throughout this war, has it just been military satellites that have helped both sides fight the war? Not really. Even normal satellites that we use for internet connection have helped the war. In the beginning of the war, Russia tried to disconnect internet networks from Ukraine, especially the army. Immediately, Ukraine contacted a a businessman called Elon Musk who lived in America. Elon Musk owned a company called SpaceX who already owned a lot of satellites in the air. Once Elon Musk was contacted, he helped the Ukrainian people to get internet connections through the satellites of SpaceX. So, Trai, I do understand that, you know, internet connection is important for the military because they will have to send messages to their soldiers in different parts of Ukraine who are fighting the war. But is internet connection so important to normal people, civilians, 
if you were caught in a battle zone what would you like to use an internet connection for i'd like to send others messages that i'm safe and if i'm scared in the battle zone i might at least need to watch tom and jerry to calm myself down <laughs> tom and jerry is an eternal remedy for all kinds of anxiety and fears is it not so neil as the story of this whole russia ukraine war has been unfolding we've seen that ukraine has been able to fend off some of the russian attacks and it has also managed to destroy an important bridge in the crimean region how has russia reacted to several of these ukrainian maneuvers over the past few weeks they have attacked ukraine's energy infrastructure Ukraine claims that 30% of its power plants have de- been destroyed in just the last 8 days alone. And Ukraine's winters are fairly severe. I'm going to guess their winters are more severe than what you may have seen in Bhutan. So Bhutan I think goes right down to about 0 degree Celsius. Yes. Winters. Yeah. Uh, and Ukraine can go right down up to 10 minus 10 degree Celsius. That must be very chilly. <laughs> yeah. imagine not having any power to heat up your rooms and having no electricity you know post sunset i mean i read somewhere that uh, if you had to op- look out of your window if you lived in kiev and if you had to look out of your window you'd probably only see blackness post sunset many cities of ukraine are now turning into literal black holes people are advised to get out as soon as they can to places which still have power only that in a black hole it sucks everything this black hole is throwing everybody out did space technology play any role in the actual attacks yes the russian and ukraine missiles use gps to hit an exact location and not some random location GPS is the same as what we use in Google Maps. For example, if you've seen a movie like during the olden times fighting like Pony and Selvan or Bahubali, well they used a cannonball and they just fired it blindly and they just hoped to god that it would fall somewhere in the enemy ranks and destroy much of the enemy. But if you want an exact location like where you have to attack and everything, you'll have to use a GPS. Neil I know you've been following current affairs quite closely right yes so what three adjectives would you use to describe this war i would start with unnecessary go with unsuccessful and go with exhausting exhausting definitely for all those who have been reading about it even more so for the soldiers who are fighting on the ground yeah but i by the way i'm we are both not sure about the unsuccessful part I I agree with that. Hey Trai, if you had to describe the technology used in this war, what three adjectives would you use? Precise, advanced and efficient. Yep, I'd agree with all three. Okay, so which brings us to the next interesting part of today's episode, which is Get ready. It's quiz time. Question 1 what's the lowest winter temperature that ukraine normally sees minus 10 degrees 
Celsius. Who was the American businessman whose commercial satellites helped Ukraine get its internet connection up and running? Elon Musk. The last and the final question, what does the word blackout mean? Blackout means means when there's no electricity in the house. And before I let you go, Neil, uh, when do you listen to podcasts on this channel? I know you've been listening to some of the episodes recently. Well, I usually listen to the podcast while eating. And is there any one episode that you really enjoyed and would like to recommend to other listeners? This one. Very funny. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else? So my favorite episode would be episode 62. The episode was about how... Recently, there are being plans to bring the Tasmanian tiger, an extinct species, back. When I looked at the topic, I thought, how could this be real? And I walked out of that podcast having a knowledge that one day Jurassic Park may very well be a reality. Wow, would you like to live in a world where dinosaurs roamed around? No, just no. Thankfully, I think the scientists are only trying to bring back... A uh, much tinier species. Of, uh, yes. The Tasmanian tiger is not even as big as a regular tiger. In fact, it is, uh, I think it's just about as big as a wolf. Trey, when do you listen to podcasts? When I wake up and get ready for school, I just keep listening to the podcast. Or when I'm bored also, I listen to the podcast. What's your favorite podcast among the most recent episodes that you've listened to? I'd like to recommend episode 58, how coral reefs are being brought back to their health because it's a very nice topic because coral reefs, more than 25% of them have uh, been destroyed by humans and humans are finding a way to like revive them. If you would like to listen to the two episodes that our co-hosts recommended today, you can find links to them in the show notes below. That brings us to the end of this episode. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, you can share the links to this podcast channel via social media or WhatsApp with your friends and family and help us grow our listener base. Episodes drop every Monday and Friday. Do remember to click the follow or subscribe button and leave us a rating or review so we know how much you enjoyed listening to this episode. Thanks for listening.